0: Doomed to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes and adult language. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to Episode 9 of Doomed to Repeat. I'm Sergio,
2: your handler. I'm Aaron A. Pabst, and I'm Agent Samuel.
0: I'm Allegra, I'm Agent Tuck.
3: I'm
4: Amanda Dominic,
1: and I'm Agent
4: Boomer.
2: I'm Caleb, and I'll be playing Agent Merritt.
4: I'm Eli, and I'll be playing Agent Hyde. I'm Zakia, and I'll be playing Agent Warp.
1: When I began planning this campaign, I listened religiously to the Green Box podcast— It's hosted by veteran Delta Green handlers, who discuss everything from tone and pacing, avoiding common mistakes within horror games, and even how to design your own scenarios. Every year, they run shotgun scenario and microfiction contests, and I consider their subreddit and Discord pillars of the modern Delta Green community. Jake, one of the show's contributors, has gone out of his way to be kind to us during our release. And so, we wanted to say thanks. If you love Delta Green as much as I do, you may have already heard of the Green Box. But if you haven't, and you're on the lookout for content on how to improve your games, then look no further. Thanks to Jake, the Green Box, and the entire Delta Green community.
5: Updated parameters based on last entry's critiques. Number one, change all proper nouns when you have the time and space to do so. Uh, Number two, take advantage of your new gel pens. And number three, transfer to the final draft journal within the week. Hello journal! We just finished reading a case and I've already taken ibuprofen for tonight's spinning session and set a reminder to purchase compression gloves as soon as possible. Today we learned how the program obtained the white crystal we found, what reverb is made of, and why it exists. The keepers of the faith and the lord of thought are in my sight. His more astute followers called themselves neophytes, and they were invincible. That kind of power in a single being, I would be lying if I said I didn't find it alluring. Sure, they ate people, but everything's got a cost, right? I don't know how those agents entered that hotel thinking they could get the grace to come out on the other side. Uh, To be fair, half of them did not. Fluke, for one, who reminds me of that scarred lion from the animated film where the prince converts his anarchist friends to his monarchist beliefs. Not because he's evil, but because they both festered for too long. He should have left years ago, and his choices reeked of it. I don't agree, but I understand. I don't think he could have gotten out had something not crumpled his ribs like bad stationery. The next was Oliver Lake. Constantly kept a craving for answers, and for that he has my respect. But given his reputation amongst most of the group, excluding two, I'm surprised he made it this far. I think he would have agreed, given his tone at the end. Now, I've always been suspicious of my employer's ability to factor the interpersonal relationships of the teams they assemble in this decade, let alone back then, but him and his partner Rose, not subtle. She was probably the most cooperative though, even when she jumped out a window. I acknowledge my bias in finding favor in the anthropologist of the group, but it still stands. I credit her with holding the friendlies together, as she's the only one of the two that Echo didn't punch. At times, she was a better secret agent than... Um... Sunny Always on the sunny side. Stay on the sunny side of life. You will feel no pain as we're driving you insane, so. Stay on the sunny side of life. Which brings me to the half-agent frog who frequently hopped into moving traffic shouldn't have been an agent at all, far too close to the issue to be as cold as she needed to be. Her survival was a twist. In contrast, the last to fall in every sense of the word was Frost. Had she not been given the aforementioned, unmedicated, homicidal sociopath as a superior, she could have gone far. Frost being safer in custody of the state than with her colleagues is very telling. This case is a parable for prolonged exposure to the program, as a civilian or an agent. That we should do everything in our power to avoid this ending goes without saying. Those last pieces of the case of 84 were unexpectedly impactful. I had to step away. But I'm feeling much better now. Something's still not right. Um, I've made an appointment with Dr. Byrne for the end of the week. Just in case. Until tomorrow, G.J.
1: It's Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020, about 6 p.m. Agents of Operation Perennial, you've spent the past 40 or so hours pouring over the Detroit case file. You've digitized the information up onto the server, and you find yourselves still soaking it in, still thinking about it. I need all of you to please roll a d4.
6: Don't like that.
0: Already.
3: You can't just give us a break, Sergio. Three, two, four.
1: Because you all worked together to pour over this case file, whatever you roll is how much sanity that you lose. (laughs) That you lose? God damn it. But you will add that number also, to your unnatural skill.
3: Oh, okay. Oh
6: my God. Samuel knows everything about everything now.
1: <laughs> Two things stand out to you guys now that you have finished this case file. As you have poured over it, you realize it's not a single source, um, but a collection of evidence. There are personal writings from all of the f agents. There are journals collected In evidence bags, newspaper clippings, all of the audio transcripts of the wires that were used. And you realize that the case file was not thrown together in a single day, but compiled over the course of months and maybe even years after Devil's Night. There is one name that appears wherever there is a signature. The person signs every page with the signature. Agent Nancy. Finally, there's one last thing that stands out to you. There's another name in the case file that you have also seen before. The file begins by stating that Agent Flukes' New York connection with all of this was named Agent Charlie. You all find yourselves having finished this. The sun is setting, and it's time to start talking about what any of this means
7: before we started this, was there any opportunity to get sanity back? Oh.
1: No. You have lost sanity, but you have also gained some points in the unnatural. So that is the trade-off.
7: Okay. Then Warp hits her breaking point. <gasps> oh, fuck. Shit. Uh...
1: So, Warp, what does it look like when after hours you come to realize that this is real and oh my god literally something i read in a dissertation the night before is in this
7: i think she sort of gets locked in the in the action of reading i don't think she's retaining any more information but she sort of gets locked in it and she's the kind of person that like has to mumble as she reads but now that she's not reading anymore she's mouthing the same like eight things over and over again like it it's just non-stop saying things like breed is the worst and of all the unnatural is kinder than the natural the people are always trying to frame him intoxicants cause you to stray lust after the opposite sex causes you to stray illness is a sign that you've strayed Whoa. it just keeps going over and over and over and she it stays at a constant volume it doesn't get louder but it looks like she's reading she is not
6: uh- after a couple minutes of that, um, Samael will place whatever he's reading down, um, take his glasses off and set it down uh, along with it, and then he'll rush over to warp, and he'll just start snapping and trying to pull the file away and say, warp, warp, time for break. Come on.
1: Samael, if you have any skill in psychotherapy, I will allow you to make a roll.
6: <sighs> I have a very high psychotherapy, but I fail with an 83.
5: Oh,
3: Fuck.
1: Over the next 10, 15 minutes, you try everything you can, but you just cannot seem to reach her.
0: Can I find her little spindle, her drop spindle, and can I try and just, like, really slowly press it into her palm and see if she'll just take it and put the put the yarn in the other hand and just try and give her something different to focus on?
1: Do you have any skill in psychotherapy?
0: Um, I, be, I have just the base 10.
1: Okay, I will give you plus 20% to that because it's something very near and dear yeah. to her. So go ahead.
0: You got this. It's failed miserably.
1: Warp is unresponsive and seems lost in thought.
3: Can I slap her in the face? Oh my God. Can you not? Fuck at this point. Can I stop her from hitting her?
6: <laughs> sure, if you'd like to. Uh, Sabael would also try that. To... Okay.
3: okay, relax. I'm not gonna full clock her, but I'm just gonna like tap her. In the- I'm stopping her from
0: hitting her. I, if I can, I'm stopping her from hitting her. <laughs> First of all, you wouldn't nose to slap her. I would just be quiet about it. Yeah, but I'm close to her and you're going with a raised hand. All right, Sergio. Plus I know you, what do I do? <laughs>
1: I, I, you are unable to get to her. I say the two of them are able to kind of keep you away. That's not going to help.
2: Yes, I believe the course of action is to give her some space. Maybe we should all go take a walk, stretch our legs. spend some time with this. Merit, that's the best idea you've had in days. Thank you.
3: Question. Would we have known what's happened in the last couple? Of, like, because you said it was 40 hours. Would we have been up to date with the rest of the outside world? Like, any kind of updates or anything like that?
1: Would you have been checking?
3: I mean, Boomer would definitely be looking at Google every now and then.
1: The When you say the outside world, what are you looking for in particular? Uh,
3: more in particular, especially with um, what happened in the cabin, or if anybody's on alert to that because of what we did.
1: You, you check the news every couple of hours, and there is eventually a press conference um, where the sheriff says that they found a burnt car outside of uh, Lansing about an hour and that they were looking into it possibly being a connection Mm. and they gave the description of two Latin looking women uh, along with probably a few other uh, folks that were in the vehicle but that's about it so far. At least that's about it as much as they're telling the uh, the media.
3: Then I am going to adamantly tell everybody we should probably turn this plane on and get the f out of here.
6: I agree. Now, I am most attracted to this Agent Charlie angle, Charnel Dreams in Brooklyn. I think that's our next stop. I don't know if anyone else
2: has any other ideas. Well, there's also the... Uh... The happenings in Wyoming that would link, I believe, what Warp was talking about earlier uh, on the Sky Devils with whatever this is uh, in in Detroit. I I think they're both good options, so I I think we have to go to both eventually. So,
6: yeah. That that said, um, New York is closer, right? Am I right about that?
0: I think they're about equidistant, within about an hour and a half.
6: I guess either way.
0: That in Arizona too. Yes. Ansel Incorporated. That came up with. One of the fellas.
6: Three options.
2: Granted that I would call a weaker lead. We don't know much about that.
0: I would agree with that.
2: It's also a lead into the organization and not the artifacts we're trying to recover. I I think the better lead would be uh, investigating our dear friend, uh, Daniel I And I agree.
3: I'm going to get up and tap Merit and be like, what do you think the best option is?
2: Um. I say, in the interest of giving us all a bone here, let's go to New York.
3: And I'm going to just go ahead and say New York and then go back to my laptop. Just
4: be very firm in that. Are we taking the crystal with us?
0: Well, we can't leave it here. We have to get it to Mallory, if nothing else.
6: It should go back to the green box.
4: That's an hour away.
6: It doesn't have. It doesn't have to be this green box, but a green box.
2: We We should contact Mallory... Directly. If this is as large to be attracted to whatever the Lord of Thought was inside of that case file, I can't imagine we should have it out in the open for too long. This, this needs to be with ACEL.
0: We need to find whatever book that librarian was talking about, too.
2: If we can.
0: If it's connected to.
2: I don't know where we would look for it.
0: With a librarian? No, but SL took it. The li- well, the librarian says SL took it.
2: Maybe Tanika is still in town?
3: Do you want to go up against a ghoul? It's not our business to investigate this further. Our business is to take the info and upload it. That's what our job is.
6: Maybe they send us back around for something, but right now I think it's in our best interest to to
2: scram. So let's make for New York and we'll give Mallory a call on the way. Let her know that that's the drop-off point. Thank you. Could I call before we bounce?
4: I was going to call her. Oh,
1: God. Okay. So it sounds like uh, Agent Hyde, you're calling Mallory.
4: Yeah. Can I step out?
1: You step out. You find her name already in your burner phone, and you call it, and it rings, and on the first ring, it picks up, and you hear the familiar voice of Agent Mallory, and she says, Hello, Hyde. How are things going?
4: Things are going as well as it can and we're about to leave michigan but i have a, a dilemma
1: i see uh, well tell me have you found anything i've
4: we found some stuff and uh you should by now have received some of the intel we've been uploading over the last couple of days but uh we're in possession of an artifact that i don't feel comfortable transporting with my current detail
1: oh i see uh, could you give me a description of it what does it look like
4: it's a, a crystal of some kind. It emanates a power. I don't know if that emanates beyond its self, but it has uh, little influential properties on people.
1: Interesting. Uh, that sounds like something we probably want to bring in. You're right. There's two options. You can fly to me. There's a facility outside of Washington, D.C., where we house these sorts of things. Uh, otherwise, you could rendezvous with a uh, a cell that I can dispatch wherever you're heading.
4: Well, we're heading to New York. My my thing is that I don't feel tr- comfortable transporting it on a plane with the with our team.
7: Sure. Well, you can
1: always return to the green box that you found it in. Correct.
4: True. I was wondering if I could call Thornbill and request a Nomad pickup from this location.
1: I think you could attempt to requisition that,
4: yes. I just wanted your permission first. Agent
1: Hyde, what else have you found while you were there?
4: Documents, letters, uh, articles of clothing, and just information about something called Devil's Night. And
1: Bauman's residence?
4: Bauman had some accounting information, um, and a couple random artifacts, a knife, um, some books, but standard accounting stuff mainly.
1: Did he have anything else Agent Hyde?
4: Um well he had his wife in a septic tank.
1: Agent Hyde if you found anything pertaining to the program anything that is not related to your mission of understanding the vectors that we face I would hope that you have the understanding that it must be destroyed. If Bauman was keeping any notes on the program I want you to collect them and I want you to destroy them. Do I make myself clear? Crystal. I appreciate that. So I believe the plan is you're going to wait for a team to reach
4: you. I'm going to see what my options are, and I'll let you know what we decide to do as a team. We will either fly the asset to you, or we will wait for a pickup. Very well. Thanks for updating me. Of course. And I hang up. I don't
0: like that. <laughs> well, We don't know about it.
6: Um, I'm not going to get too close, but I'm just going to continue keeping an eye on, on Warp and just make sure that she's not worsening.
1: Agent Warp, uh, go ahead and make another sanity check for me. Um, have you already done the math and found your new breaking point?
7: Um, no, that's power subtract.
1: Yep, it, you just subtract power from your current sanity. But now it's your new sanity, go ahead and roll a sanity check to see if you can break out of this.
7: No. She fails. Damn. Damn.
1: Eventually, Agent Hyde returns from her phone call. It's been a solid 20, 30 minutes, and Agent Warp just is, is not... She's just not responsive.
6: She'll get there.
0: Just leave her alone, yeah? While Hyde was on her phone call, could I have talked to Boomer? Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull her away from everyone, as anywhere I can. If it's out of the plane, it's out of the plane. We're just gonna go away for a second. A lot of that sounded real familiar, huh? Mm-hmm. It really did. So... So, um, I don't really, I don't actually really, <laughs> I don't really know what I was hoping to talk to you about. I just really wanted to make sure that I wasn't crazy in making that very short leap from a man with a book to a
3: man with a book. You're not crazy, but I need to be very clear right now. Semael put us into a position that we're now practically have to flee. He's someone we need to watch, and frankly, he's someone that could definitely wreck this whole team apart do you understand that no i know no i need you to remember i'm only here to just i'm just a researcher but he's literally a threat he the reason we're having to haul ass is because of him are you willing to protect everybody because you know what will happen if we don't continue with this through with this one i remember boomer I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be an asshole but I'm just trying to be
0: very transparent
3: with you really quick
0: I'm very aware, I know this is your mode, I get it I'm not trying to be an asshole either but I guess we just keep an eye out for a man in a black suit with a book what? if he tells me something in
3: confidence or anything that I feel like it will be detrimental I promise I will keep you in
0: the loop I know okay i'll keep you guys safe thank you i need that you'll get back to her don't worry
3: now i'm gonna actually do something very unboomer like and like kind of get her into like an awkward hug like a very kind of i'm gonna pull her in really quick and hug her and then kind of push her away <laughs> which is very <laughs> unlike me but it's to show like i acknowledge that
0: going soft max ah,
3: j- j- that, 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 and I'm going to be, like, putting my hand to my, like, blah, blah, blah just kind of walk away.
6: Um, while Hyde was on the call, um, flipping through um, these files, does Samael come across any information about any of the spells that Fluke knew?
1: You find the personal notes of Agent Frost and Frog and Fluke you do see enough notes to understand how you might be able to cast the Elder Sign. I will say that it still is going to require a couple of hours, but using these this case file, you probably could put together how to do it.
6: Uh, as we have time, um, Samael will try to memorize, commit all that to memory.
1: Okay. Is, is this out in the open? Uh, right now, yeah. Nobody is really hiding or doing anything. He's
6: not hiding anything.
1: Samael is just reading the case file.
2: Do you mind if I ask what it is you're looking into? I'm just looking at some of the stuff this guy Fluke knew. He was a remarkable human being, don't you think? That's
6: not exactly how I'd put it, but he seemed to have, um,
2: well, he seemed to know some stuff. He was a, He was a monster of sorts. To say the least. I I didn't think that an agent could get like that, but then again, I I never imagined an agent living that far, so I suppose you can't fault him for everything, but it's disgusting. I've never met anyone that
6: old around here. Yes. I assumed it's because that they retired or something, but now I see that that is perhaps not realistic.
2: Yeah, I suppose retirement is a sort of euphemism in this business. Mm. Or a literal euphemism. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering what you thought of uh, of that sign he was so insistent upon. The one he burned into the map, the one they used on whatever that sky devil was. Yeah, it's, um, I think we might need it. Do you think you could teach it to me?
6: <laughs> Ooh. I look around and I I see, you know, I'm assuming that everybody else is going to listen, but I'll kind of lower my voice a little bit and I'll say, let me check and see if it has any negative ramifications,
2: and if it does not, I will show you how. Perfect. In the meantime, I'll take care of Warp. I get up and I go into the uh, restroom and I prepare a cold compress and I press that on Warp's head if she lets me, and I'm just tending to her and talking to her softly. I think I'm speaking uh, about our trip to the, the sheep farm. Uh, it was remarkable, those shearing techniques they taught us, don't you think? And I, I know she's not responding, but I figured he's engaging in conversation.
1: I will give plus 20% to Agent Warp's next roll.
2: That's barely
7: gonna do it. Yes! <laughs> oh, girl. Barely gonna do it, but good, very good.
1: There has, always been, there has always been a kind of kinship between the two of you, and sure enough, Agent Merritt is kind of able to snap you out of it.
2: You're back.
7: Yeah, uh, what, um, I'm sorry,
2: uh... You don't have to apologize. I, um... Do you want to go take a walk? Should we leave this place? It's starting to feel a little claustrophobic, right?
7: I want to leave. We don't, um, don't we have time or something there's there's something wrong there's a reason why we can't just go
2: yes there's definitely a reason i'll give you that warp but it can wait okay
7: yeah
2: and i i think i'd invite her on like a five minute walk about around the hangar while everyone's getting everything else situated
0: as we pass by them i'll pat him on the shoulder and nod toward her and just kind of give him give him credit where it's due
7: do really know what I, what I said. Um. I mean, I know I, I was talking, but um, kind of just sort of faded out there.
2: I definitely, it's, uh, it's something you'll have to bring up in therapy, but <laughs> um, I, I think it had something to do with your attachment to faith. And so, uh, you know, we cling to those things when times are dark, when things are scary. Uh, I know I do. I cling to my rules when things like this happen. So You shouldn't feel ashamed or anything like that. Although, I will say you have quite a, uh, quite an, uh, an understanding of your rules.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of hard to forget. It's a lot of time to, um, practice, I guess.
2: I know the feeling.
3: If I'm passing by them, I'm just gonna give uh, Warp a thumbs up from coming out of
4: that, like, Good for you.
7: I'm gonna give one back, sort of loosely.
1: Agent Hyde, you haven't spoken up in a bit. What are you doing?
4: I wanted to put in that a- a- acquisition, a requisition.
1: Just give me an uh, an intelligence times five roll, and and what I want to know ahead of time is: Do you want them to meet you here, or do you want them to meet you wherever you're heading?
4: I think to m- meet at a location. Okay,
1: and what is that location?
4: Um, New York.
1: Okay, we'll say that there is a uh, an airfield just outside of New York, as you probably would not be able to get JFK access. But there, there's something that you could you've already looked up, and you give them that. Uh, and did you succeed on your intelligence times five roll? Yes, I did. Okay, you get a hold of Dr. Thornville, and she sounds very intrigued, and she says, "Yeah, I, I think there's a team close by that we can. Uh, will meet you there."
4: Okay, good. And also, when I ever get a chance, I would like to talk about the fact that you recommended me for this whole shindig in the first place. But that will be for another time.
7: (laughs) Uh, I'm
1: looking forward to hearing about it.
4: Um, yeah, then I will will meet you at that location and I will pass off that asset to you.
2: Sounds good. Hang up. Okay. We're going to New York, which I know doesn't have much uh, in the way of sheep in the city, but um, mm-hmm. where I grew up you could probably find some farms there.
7: I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay for a while, actually, um, but I, I appreciate that. Of course. If everything goes at least a little bit better than it just yeah. did, I won't have to,
2: you won't have to stop for a while. Agent Merritt, can you make an alertness check for Sure can.
7: Oh, oh no. Sergio, I... what the fuck are you doing?
2: I am under my fifty
1: with a forty-eight. As you are, as you are just making Agent War feel better, you see two soldiers that seem to be working on the base walking past you, and one of them is, is talking out loud, and you hear him say, hey, "Did you hear the uh, the sheriff wants to shut down the airport? The, he's trying to. He's coming here now to talk to the commander." And the other guy says,
2: oh, there's no way he'll let him do it." And they and they walk past you. Uh, yeah, I. We I gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> two looks at everyone outside, and I say, "X Phil, X Phil, everyone in the plane, X Phil," uh, and We're I. Gonna,
7: run to the plane. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll
4: jump in the plane. I will call to the call tower so to request access to the runway to fly us to New York.
1: So, Agent Hyde, you pile on. Everyone else piles on. You close the door. The engine, for the first time, fires up, and you can all hear it and it begins moving out. Agent Hyde, you make your uh, your call into the tower. You tell them where you are heading. You do all the proper communications. Please make a bureaucracy roll. Uh,
6: are they going to give it to us?
1: Please!
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sheriff's not there yet. Sheriff's not there yet.
4: Sheriff's on the way. I, I succeed. Yes! 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 Barely, like a 28 out of 30. You passed.
1: it it, it happens to be the right time and they kind of immediately let you onto the runway no other planes are ready at that moment but you put it into drive or whatever it is you do with a plane when you make it go
4: I push the throttle as we're
0: like getting ready for takeoff I'm gonna text my wife really quick and just be like still working on stuff I love you I I I love you
3: I'll tell you when we land And because I see that she's being a good wife, I'm gonna text my (laughs) fiancé. Yep. (laughs) I'll like- I'll like nudge Boomer and be like, hey,
0: text
1: your (laughs) girl.
3: Thank you, and I'm gonna be like, hey, it's taking a little longer, but I still love you and should be wrapping up soon. Smiley face gift.
1: Agent Boomer, you get a text back, and all it says is, it's nearly four days,
2: you promised.
7: Oh, fuck!
2: What? that stings. Um!
3: First of all, ouch. (laughs) Second of all, okay. Okay, hold on, everybody. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna respond back. I know, right? Exclamation point, question mark. These assholes are really fucking shit up. God, I wish I could just take, like, if I was just in control, I would be able to get this thing moving faster. And I'm gonna send a gift of like someone going like, duh, right? Hopefully that will
1: throw it up. There's, there's a solid maybe 10 minutes while the plane is like getting ready to, to take off. You've already sent this text off and you
7: don't get a response. Fuck! Oh, oh that's the It's that like, it's the dot, dot, dot that like disappears it never fulfills itself you just see your typing and then none.
4: it was nice knowing you boomer
7: <laughs> fuck
0: i'm in so much trouble fuck does Rue text me back wait does ru text me back yes she does what the okay. fuck? <laughs> <She's> like, i <laughs> love you you're the best wife ever <laughs> look i've been i've been i've been talking to her all week i've been like hey babe i miss you <laughs> and you
3: I don't need this therapy right now Jesus Christ
1: (laughs) Alright so The plane takes off It's about 8.30 When it takes off It is evening It's dark out You can see the, the city lights twinkling below And you can see some stars above you as you fly You know that you have About a two hour flight What are you doing at this time guys?
2: Um I think that I'm going to address the cabin and hopefully Hyde can hear him too uh, he waits for one of those classic awkward silences that happen between us all the time and then
6: on a Merit, plane he can't
1: run away
2: you can't run, you know, run away yep. can't <laughs> and Merritt stands up like he's you know about to get a formal address and he says I just wanted to say something to all of you regarding everything that's happened over the last uh, day a few days I just wanted to say that concerning this case, it was very clear where these people went wrong. Where they went wrong is they stopped trusting in each other and stopped trusting the expertise that was presented as a group. They failed to understand that everyone there was trying to accomplish the same goal. Now, some of them were, were trying to do something more than was asked of them and, and that was wrong. But I want you all to understand that I recognize this. And I don't want you to think that I'm anything like him. And I want to be better, so I am going to continue to be better. And I hope that you all will trust me moving forward as I trust you.
3: I'm going to nod towards Merit. Like, I, 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 I could see that he probably means that very well to, like, for everyone who Like, I respect that.
2: And then he awkwardly, he sits himself down. He says, that's all. <laughs> he goes back to his notes.
7: Tuggle just well said Mary. Um, I think agent warp is going to speak up and say uh, I actually wanted to apologize for my just despicable behavior I, I've, I've read this with all of you and I think a lot of the chaos that we've read I see in myself I, I was late when we first met I, I never ate that muffin and I have caused the extra the extra trip and I it I've just been just sort of a source of, of chaos. Like like this fluke man was and I don't want to be that person either. No,
0: warp, warp, you are not at all like that man. Not Far even from New York. close. You are a valuable good member of this team. We need you. We
3: need five
7: minutes is a, is a long time.
3: Warp, you're a fucking angel of this group. Let's be for real. So don't even you don't have to apologize to nobody. You have been the least problematic
0: of all of us. Exactly. (laughs) Right. You are you are doing good work and you are putting in what we're asking of you. We can't ask anything more than that. You put that guilt out of your mind.
3: I'm gonna cough really loud and say Samuel. Samuel.
6: Oh, He's, um, he is, he has his face buried in, like, the table, and you can see he's tracing something with his, with his finger,
2: but he's, and he's concentrating really hard. You know what, though? I think that this might be a unique opportunity for everyone on board this plane. Let's consider everything that we read in the last two days, everything that we internalized, to be a clean slate for us as a team. We've seen what we've done wrong, we've seen how we can go wrong and we now have an understanding of where we can go, how we can do better.
3: I'm going to also kind of just raise my hand and be like, I think everyone's stance, like, they want to go home. They have, I don't know everyone's life, but I know I want to go back to my life. So, I think we're all in agreement, unlike this other team. We just want, like Merritt said, we just want to, let's just be transparent and just push forward. I don't to nod towards him.
0: If we're going to make it out, we got to work together yep they didn't and look what happened mm-hmm clean slate it's a good idea um are we on like are
3: we already in the air really quick oh yeah okay so i'm gonna go to the cockpit i'm gonna, I'm gonna tap on Hyde's shoulder forward. because i'm assuming we we're on automatic right i'm not flying automatic
1: what are you trying to get across i
3: need i need um what do you want we need to have a conversation yeah, with yeah, samiel like pepper. we just need to have a conversation with just samiel I know we're all very on the same page, I just need to make sure he's on the same page.
4: Okay. Okay. So you're gonna bring him in here? No, no, I need you really quick. Cause I'm assuming if we're on automatic, then the plane's just flying it. I'm time. sorry, I don't know if you know about planes, but walking away <laughs> from a plane while you're at the stick of it is not one it's of those not- things. I didn't know if it was
3: one of those planes that are is automatic. I'm sorry, this is not my forte. So I'm gonna I don't
4: know what movie you were watching, but that doesn't happen in real life. Okay, I've seen just con <gasps> air. Relax. So I'm gonna wave Sammyel. Con I- air. Yeah. So I'm gonna wave <laughs> Sammyel back here. Okay.
3: Stand up. So I'll go ahead and I'll grab him if he'll walk with me really quick.
6: I mean, if you're just motion, he's not paying. He does. He seems like he's completely unaware of what's going on in the room. Um, then he doesn't catch you motioning as he is buried in these notes.
3: All right, then I'm going to walk towards him and tap him on the shoulder. Yeah. I just need you for two seconds really quick.
6: Can it wait an hour? I'm in the middle of something right now.
3: I hear you on that but I need you for two seconds because Hyde has something for you too.
6: Do you want to talk to me? I'll talk to you.
3: Thank you. And I'm going to have him <laughs> escort to the pilot's cabin the or whatever it's called.
1: Okay, so I assume you want him to sit in the secondary chair?
3: Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> Am I getting a flight lesson?
3: I'm going to I'm gonna just motion him for him to sit so he can't really do much. And then I'm going to do the most Hispanic thing of just grab him by the ear and kind of twist really quick. <laughs> oh, violence. And twist. And I'm going to be like, I know you took some shit that you didn't need to take. Is that correct? I'm gonna twist a little harder. Such a Puerto Rican move, my god.
1: Damn fucking right it is. Uh, you know, I'll say that she is able to grab your ear, Samuel. If you
6: want, you can try to bat her off.
2: No, I'll let her. No, stop, you turning him on. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: I'm
3: gonna twist him really, like that, twist him by the ear and be like, listen, this shit <laughs> will not, I'm gonna really <laughs> emphasize not fucking happen again. And I'm going to grab him by his cheek, so he's definitely looking at me in the face. So he has no way to not look at me.
4: Be like, do you fucking understand me? Can you chill for a fucking second? (laughs) Like, I know you're, like, pissed off and shit like that, but if you make me... If you make me slip... I'll back off. I'll back off. Because Hyde told me that, I will back off, but i have
3: still great.
6: I'll take a step back and let you beat me up if that's what you want.
3: I'm not going to beat you. I'm going to just hold you in a very firm position. I'm going to back off so you can be like, I can chill the fuck out, but I'm going to move your face towards Hyde.
6: Okay. I am looking at Hyde, but, but I'm not I'm not resisting her in, in any way. Um, I'm certainly not going to apologize for doing my job.
4: Again, I told you, and I don't want your apology, but if you put this team in danger again, it is my responsibility to handle it. Okay. I don't want you to learn a very hard lesson that some other people in this agency, in this program, uh, learn. I'm just being upfront with you about it. I'm gonna move his face back towards
3: me so he can see me and be like, I genuinely like you. Don't put me in this position again. And I'm gonna let go. <laughs> And then open the door so he can leave.
6: I, um, pat her on the shoulder, look her in the eyes, and say, I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> and I will return to my chair and continue studying the Elder Sign.
3: I'm going to tap on, uh, hide shoulders, and I'm going to go back to my seat.
2: So I think there's a very unique individual that we can put at the top of our corkboard now. That's, this is a serious conversation we can have about a group we've just come to know, and that's the Lord of Thought, and, and what was his uh, constituent, his group? The Fate.
6: Keeper of the faith,
2: Keeper of the Fate. It's the Fate.
6: Any of you looked at Agent This Fluke Guy's notes?
2: Is there something that mentions it in particular?
6: Yes, Keepers of the Faith, they may or may not have an outpost in the exact place that we're heading to right now.
1: I I think it would be clear enough to understand that the Keepers of the Faith do have some connection to New York, but it seems that the Fate, spelled F-A-T-E,
2: were who uh, seemed to be involved with the network, or seemed to be leading the network. So the Fate are the big guys and then the Keepers of the Faith are the cult from New York. Yeah. The
6: Keepers of the Faith has a presence in New York. In New York. Okay. If no, we, now, I I am not saying that we go chase down these people. I do not think that that is a safe thing to do unless we have a solid reason to go down there. Um, but maybe we can snoop around just a little bit.
2: I agree. I also think that these... Yeah, this Emmanuel's character, uh, his ability to tell the future, to divine our existence—it's very important that we look into what he suggested—the the charnel dreams.
0: Emmanuel didn't see the future; that was Spider J.
2: No, he did. Emmanuel in the record shop—he suggested that we check out the record, Charnel Dreams, right?
0: Oh shit! <laughs> You're so right. I forgot he did that. Fuck.
6: Charnel Dreams is mentioned in the file.
0: And the, uh... And
6: it's the
0: club, a prominent
6: item on the board. Yeah, the Apocalypse. We still have that board, right?
1: Yeah. If you packed everything that you carried with you, it is, it is somewhere on the ship, yeah. Uh,
0: and this Agent Charlie as well, whoever the hell he is.
2: Well, there's also Agent Nancy, correct? The the one who did the cleaning and compiling on this... this... I wonder if that's Constance. Hmm.
6: I think that would be a reasonable conclusion.
0: That's my that's my gut instinct, St. Elise.
6: You don't come to find out the things that she found out and get away with a clean slate. Do we have, is this the kind of plane where there's Wi-Fi? Uh, it's the kind of plane
1: where there is Wi-Fi, and you also see that there is a kind of older model television that is built into the corner that has both a VHS and DVD player.
6: We have the tape, the watch. Yes, you're absolutely right.
1: Oh,
0: no. Let's do it.
6: Um, That said... um,
0: May I make a suggestion?
6: I was going to suggest that I only watch it.
0: I was going to suggest that we don't watch it until we're on the ground. We have two things that can fly that are real big and real strong and don't take damage from things that we have against them.
6: That's not true anymore.
0: A sign you learned 40 minutes ago isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to save us from two flying monsters.
6: I think it can, if applied properly. If applied
0: properly, which you haven't had enough time to research. Sam, I, I understand your desire to know this information fast, but I think for our safety and for the safety of the entire group we wait until we're on the ground for this.
2: I think that's fair. I think there's nothing stopping our information from then and from now. I don't believe we'll lose the tape in between those locations, and if we do, we're in much bigger trouble than we thought anyways.
0: So. There's also that spooky, weird monster that I'm i am even reticent to say its name, but if it comes through while we're on the plane... If it comes through while we're on the plane, we're fucked that way, too.
2: I hadn't even thought of that. Where's the crystal on board?
0: Uh, I, it's in the back I guess I'm
2: assuming.
6: I would certainly know if
1: I had
2: yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's 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 in its container, still in its little lockbox. Okay. That's what I thought. I'd like to introduce something interesting for the rest of the plane ride. Right? Could I have at least one of us thinking of domes for the entire duration? Done. Boomers on it. We can do shifts. <laughs> So we have the Lord of Thought. We have fate. We have the keepers of the faith. We have this Emmanuel creature, that very well could be still alive if it knows of us, or at least of charnel dreams and of 2020.
0: That kid also saw visions of us reading on the
4: plane.
6: Yes. Um. I'm sorry, Sergio. Uh, um. The reason I asked if there was Wi-Fi is because as we're talking about Deborah Constance, um. I'd like to just pull my phone out and just whack that name into the search bar and see what pops up
1: Uh, you search her name and you find uh, special agent Deborah Constance part of the FBI uh, began in 83 and was assigned to Detroit in 84 and right in 89 she was deemed missing and then a year later, she was died. She was uh, announced as dead, although she was never found. Hmm.
6: Is there a photo of her? Yes. Does she look familiar to me?
1: She does not look familiar to you. Okay. She's an attractive woman. She, she kind of looks like Kirstie Alley, but just, you know, someone who has clearly gone through uh, school and isn't necessarily as, as, uh, as much of a bombshell. But she is still an attractive woman, and that photo looks to be taken in her, like, mid-30s.
2: Samael, while you're doing some groundwork, do you mind looking up Tanika Tillerson?
6: Sure. Last one, though, if I get back to these notes. Understood.
2: Uh, you look up the
1: name Tanika Tillerson, and there's a lot of entries. Uh, just, just looking up the name in, in Google, there's like 100,000 entries.
6: Might have to do a little bit more digging for that one. Yeah.
7: Would there be anything in the notes about the book that Rose referenced, the, the French 1700s book?
0: If Rose was a part of creating this file, I think she would have at least written down everything that she knew.
7: Yeah,
1: you, there's probably like a diary entry or something from her that, that states that in the beginning, uh, when she first met this group, uh, they had had her uh, translate a book uh, called Cultus de Ghoul. Uh, the exact spelling is C U L T S D E.
7: Uh,
0: G-H-O-U-L-E-S. G-H-O-U-L-E-S.
7: Perfect. Okay, I think Warp's just going to spend some time researching that as much as she can.
1: If that is all you're doing uh, during the trip, I'll say that uh, you find commentary on cultish texts. And there is mention of a book that seems to tell the story of a cult... From France, that would eat the dead, and they purported that they could expand their lifespans and their senses. And uh, they talked about transforming into something they called a ghoul. But there is not much more detail about the book beyond that. It's it, and it and it seems to come off more as like a legend than anything. It's on a number of like conspiracy sites and stuff like that. Perfect.
7: Perfect.
1: Anything else?
4: I, I did want to talk to Merritt about something.
1: Sure, we'll say you can call him
2: to the, uh, to the front.
4: Uh, you got a second?
2: Of course. Uh, would you like the door open or closed?
4: Uh, no, close it.
2: Okay. Am I allowed to sit in the passenger seat, or is that, uh, against code?
4: As long as you don't touch anything, you're welcome to sit.
2: I would never touch anything in a plane I don't understand. Okay. You're safe.
4: Um... I didn't get a chance to talk because I'm, you know, flying and stuff like that. And I know you want a clean slate, but I I need to ask you something because my concerns are beyond just a clean slate. Okay. When's the last time you used your firearm in an active scenario?
2: The last time that I fired my... uh,
4: Outside of this, in an active
2: scenario, like you were sent off to do a job was in an FBI case. Sure. Uh, It was actually in my uh, inciting incident. It was in the case before I arrived here at Delta Green.
4: That was like months ago? I don't know your timeline.
2: A year ago?
4: When's the last time you killed somebody in an active scenario? Three days ago. Your first time? Yes. And how are you?
2: I've gone through the, um, advice on diagnosing trauma in an active situation. But it's I've not what trying, I'm asking
4: you. I'm asking you how you are.
2: I'm trying to do the deep breathing, and I've been trying to do all of those things that they put on that piece of paper for you. You know, the things they teach you when, when they think they understand how to fix something at a very basic level when things Again, like Again, that's this not happen.
4: what I'm asking you, Merit.
2: No, it's not working. But that's normal, and I'm holding it together, I promise.
4: You had a panic attack, like, two days ago, three days ago?
2: In response to the, uh, drug, yes.
4: And to the stress?
2: I think that could be expected of any agent that's gone through the last five days that I have. Yes. But I don't think it speaks to my character, and I do not think that this is reflective of anything.
4: It's not your character, Merit, that—that that is the problem or would render the resolve. I've seen a lot of good people like you, go-getters, gung-ho for the job, break from one incident.
2: Well then, Hyde, can I ask you something? Okay. Can you help keep me here?
4: I can do my best.
2: Hey. I have another question if you're finished sure how was the call with Mallory what are our orders
4: our orders is to continue and proceed I was trying to figure out the best way to handle the crystal and I got that situated
2: I see did she give any reflection on the past cases anything uh, uh an observance of how we've been doing or a status report
4: no status report it doesn't seem like she went through and reviewed the documents yet um but she's just trying to make sure that we got all of the documentation and it's properly uh, disposed of. So we should finish documenting stuff and... uh, Burn it. Burn it. Get rid of it once we get into New York. Get the last bit of stuff down.
2: Perfect. And she was, what, discussing the Delta Green-related objections? Clyde's investigation of the organization?
4: Um... She just wants us to get rid of it.
2: All of it. Okay. Understood. Well, I think this was fruitful, and hi. um, I don't, I don't speak like this, so thank you. I appreciate it.
4: Yeah, you got it.
2: Let me know if, uh, Mallory calls again, and then I leave. Anyone else?
0: Yeah, when Merrick comes back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down next to him. In the interest of um, transparency, okay. Boomer and I have come across this guy before. Mm-hmm. Who the the Lord of Thought guy in black with a book? Oh, we the the it's on the it's on the corkboard even. The case in New Jersey uh,
2: in Meadowbrook.
0: Yep, Meadowbrook. We had a we had another agent with us, and she. <laughs> Uh, she signed the book, and then she disappeared with him. We don't know...
2: What happened after?
0: No. I grabbed Boomer, and we ran. We were going to be taken in otherwise, and we'd done what we could there. There wasn't anything left, really.
2: Well, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. I know how much you lost on that mm. that excursion. But this also gives us a unique opportunity. We now have two people that were interested in this book. Maybe we can look into this this Echo woman and see if she really did go through with the process. and Maybe we'd find a lead as to what happened to your friend.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I didn't read anything in the file about her signing anything, so... Who knows what that is.
2: Yes, yes, it's true. But sometimes they tend to cut those people loose. It could be that Delta Green didn't think she'd do it.
0: Yeah, well, add her to the list of interesting people that we need to find again. It's getting longer.
2: That list is ever-growing.
1: Agent Tuck, I'll point out that you have never heard the words Delta Green until you read it in that case file, Mm
7: -hmm. and
1: you are putting two and two together that Agent Merritt is insinuating that the group the program, whatever you are a part of, is called Delta Green.
0: Yeah, we're at a I guess I mean I guess it's not a big jump to guess that we're Delta Green because they they called us the uh, the ghoul lady called us Delta Green, but what the fuck does that mean?
6: <laughs> it might not be um, it might not be an up to date designation anymore.
7: That's true. Could be from the past, or from the
2: future. Could easily be a a nickname as well. It was spoken from Tanika first, so... Could also be a lie. I
6: don't suspect it matters what it's called. Regardless.
0: I don't think anything with them is unintentional, though. I don't know, I I figured someone else should know in case something should happen to me or Boomer. Not that I'm... No, no. Planning on letting that happen, just uh, uh, so we're all on the same page. Totally understandable. I'm just going to put my hands up like I get
1: it. Um, okay. Samael, can you make a alertness check?
7: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Boom, were
0: you still thinking about domes? Oh boy. Girl, you still thinking in circles? No way. Tell me...
6: Fail.
1: Oh Ooh, no, Dex. So I'll, it's been about an hour. Everyone is kind of settled in. They've had their conversations, etc. You are looking at your at these case files, trying desperately to kind of memorize uh, this this sign. You're starting to drive and burn stools, and you you kind of just naturally yawn, and you look out the window. You see the skyline slowly <sighs> past you. And when you look to your left to acknowledge the other members of your team, there's nothing but a black void. The ship literally split in half, revealing emptiness. What? And you stare, and all of a sudden, there's a twinkle. And then another twinkle, and then more and more.
6: I'm thinking about a dome. No, no,
1: no, no, no. Till you realize something is coming towards you. (gasps) Oh no. Glimmering. No. No. A cloud of some kind.
6: I as quickly as I can I pick my hand up and I start tracing as much of this sign as I as I had picked up on. We'll find out what happens
7: next level.
0: no you oh, suck God. God. Oh, God. God. fuck you i knew Damn. it was coming i knew it was coming and i'm still stressed about it
7: wow
1: red-headed woman named Kendall lies bleeding in a bush four miles from the closest sign of civilization. While on her routine hike through the Wexford County Forest, she tripped, rolled down a hill, and landed on a snapped branch. The gnarled wood now pierces her abdomen like a spear. Kendall is slowly losing consciousness, and she is too weak to call for help. She will die soon, But her last moments alive won't be alone. From out of the bushes emerges a dog. A dirty and disheveled Rottweiler. But then Kendall notices it's missing most of its belly. The cold gray eyes of the hound seem fixated on her. She reaches out a bloody hand for some sign of comfort. But it's all in vain. The dog only sits and waits. Kendall breathes her final breath, and then stops moving. The dog lays itself on the ground, and a moment later, a terrible wind howls through the trees before they settle back into a serene quiet. As if breathing for the first time, Kendall opens her mouth and gasps. Only this isn't Kendall anymore. With an unnatural strength that Kendall never had, the body snaps free of the branch and begins working its way out of the bush, working its way back to civilization, where it can exact its
7: revenge.